0: James continues here, he said, you must too be patient. Take courage, for the summing of the Lord is near. And then here's these words again, don't grumble.
1: Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with Pastor and Teacher Tim Master. Pastor Tim is the Senior Pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center, or to make a donation, visit us online at VLCCAZ.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Charity Chastain. They were
0: transferred to the military base in Yuma. It's hot down there, isn't it, Mike? You know, I'm not sure if there is a, if there's actually a portal to hell. Stop. Nothing personal, but it's hot in Yuma. You say, Pastor, how do you know? Back in the sixties, I used to live there. So it's, you know, it's, it's hot, but they got transferred down there and, and he's fulfilling military obligations and stuff. But Charity and Mike led our youth ministry for several years and they dedicated themselves. And a few, a few weeks ago, uh, we, We talked about the transition, but we never asked our leadership to come forward and pray. So I'm going to ask Mike and Charity and their children, and I'm going to ask Jen and Eric and their children if they would come back to the platform. And I'm going to ask our council, the council members that are here, and our leadership that are here. Actually, if you guys could just stand right here in front. We're going to have too many for the platform. Okay, and if our council and our leadership would come we're going to officially pass the baton, but we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna also ask God's anointing because, folks, there is no way to do what these folks do with the young people without God's grace and anointing. Can somebody say amen? amen. I mean, I deal with big kids. That's what the congregation is, just a bunch of big kids. But they deal with the more temperamental kids. And so we want to pray, and we want you to stretch your hands for That's why I asked you to stay standing. And our council and our leadership, if you would lay hands on them, we're going to pray God's anointing. Now listen to me. Don't just listen to me pray. You lift your voices, and you lift Mike and Charity and the children. I'm only asking to call out the names of the adults. Mike and Charity and Eric, Jenny, and Skylar. Because they're the team that's taken over the youth ministry. So if you would lift your voices, let's pray God's grace and God's anointing. Let's join together. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. It's not by might or power, but it's by your spirit. God, we thank you that you raise one up, you take one down, Father God. You move one in, you move one out, Father. God, those that are searching and living and purposing their lives before you, God, you can transition. God, it's never, it's never without uh, a breaking of bonds, Father. Though Mike and Charity will be hundreds of miles away, God, they'll be buried deep in our hearts. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you go with them. And the ministry they get involved in, you'd anoint them and help them and lift them and encourage them. And God, now for, for Eric and Jenny and Skylar, God, as they, as they take the youth ministry, and they've already taken it for the last few weeks, and God, you're doing awesome things. God, they are moving forward. God, with the purpose, the, the passion, and the pursuit of the call of God in this church for our youth. And Father, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, by your great grace, that you would be upon them in every way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Would you tell Mike and Charity how much you appreciate them? And also Eric and Jenny and Skylar, how much you appreciate them this morning. Come on, church. Let them know you really appreciate them today. The youth ministry uh, joined together. You can be seated now. And we're going to dismiss the children. If you would, kids, if you would go to your particular uh, classrooms. Uh, worship team, go ahead and go down. That's fine. Michael? Love you so much. Come home soon. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And church hasn't even started in the preaching part, and there's already people crying. I thought it was just because the preacher was preaching they were crying, but it's. How many appreciate our worship team? Don't they do an awesome job? <laughs> We've added some new folks to the team, and and it's great to have Tony a part of the team, and it's great to have him up here. And if you look back in the sound booth, an old familiar face, can't Stand up. Would you have abused? Come on. He'll be back on the drums here before you know it. His lovely wife, where is she at? Where, 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 where? Where? There she is. Stand up, would you, uh, DeLandria? They got brand new little baby. I am always so blessed that God lets the babies look like mom. Pray. <laughs> Some of you dads are getting mad at me. Thank you, DeLandria. It's great to have uh of you, they they well they have never left they've just been kind of out of the sorts a little bit and it's so awesome to have them uh, back in the saddle back in church and back in doing all that God has planned for them if you are here and you want to be a part of the worship team uh, well let me rephrase that God has given you a gift of singing now I want to say this very graciously you have to be able to sing to be on the worship team. I know a lot of people say, "Well, I sing before the Lord." Yes, you do. Just not up here. We uh, we would love to have you part of it. If you play an instrument, we would encourage you wholeheartedly to be a part of it. One of the things as the pastor is, I'm I keep working my way out of the worship team, and and uh, you know we. We had a shortage of guitar players, but now we have Bill Fisher and we have Tony over here, and and we got some other folks. So so I won't be playing guitar as much, which is a, a wonderful blessing. And uh, just really look if you're a keyboardist, uh, you know, just be great to have you. The Ushers Ministry, the Children's Ministry, the Nursery, the Youth Ministry, folks. You know, th- there's no lack of work in the Kingdom, and. I've had people over the years say, Pastor, what if I don't feel called? Well, then you're not saved. Now, don't get quiet on me now. The minute you're saved, according to the book of Ephesians, you are now walking in to the works that God foreordained you to fulfill. He said, I... I, I planned your life long before you planned on giving me your life. Now you say, well, Pastor, what if I don't give God my life? Well, then somebody else will fulfill that, and you'll dismiss that on that in heaven. So I encourage you. I exhort you. I implore you. I, according to God's word, challenge you to get involved. You know, all of the different ministries, there's lots of them. You can go to the guest, service, uh, guest services booth. Vince and, and Beth Summers do an incredible job. Where are you at? Vince, Beth, where are you? Where? There they are, back there. And uh, go see them, and, and they will tell you all about I didn't tell you you are going to do that, but I'm telling you now. Yeah, they'll tell you all about the ministries. Okay. Skylar, you hang around with Grandma, okay, and tell her.
1: Yeah.
0: Am I forgetting anything, honey? Okay. So uh, it, oh yeah, Pastor Ray, Pastor Philemon are out of town. If you're wondering where they're at, Pastor Philemon, you know, we, we, we give him a vacation once in a while, and this happens to be his vacation time, and, and uh, you know, he's gone several times throughout the year, but this is his actual vacation, so he'll be gone for a couple weeks. Pastor Ray's gone this weekend. Man, they left me holding the bag. Man, it's just like old times where the, the preacher's doing it all. <laughs> So if you're here and you're thinking, well, this guy's involved in everything. No, it's not a one-man show, folks. It's just we got people on vacation. And then summertime, as you know, in Flagstaff, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. And when summertime gets here and vacation time gets here, people leave. Why? Why? Well, if you got your notes today, I I want you to take a peek at it. And you probably already have, and you know this is going to be one of those Wonderful, wonderful message. Today is going to be an interesting day, to say the least, because as you have already looked at your notes, I am going to minister on a subject that most people need, but most people lack. Can somebody say amen? And the subject is the necessity of being patient in an impatient world. Say amen or say oh me. Now, if you're patient enough and want to listen, join in. Every one of us at times needs to be like the little boy that I read about the other day who was in a mall. And this little boy is standing in the mall and and he's standing at the foot of the escalator. And he's just watching the escalator and watching the escalator. And the security guard is over on the side watching. And he comes up to the little boy and says, son, are you lost? You, you kind of been standing here a while. He said, the little boy said, no, sir, no, I'm not lost. He said, okay, were you okay? He said, yes, sir, I, I'm, I'm fine. Well, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm waiting for my bubble gum to come back around. Dylan, remind me not to tell that again, okay? That that didn't. (laughs) Okay, my wife's humor doesn't get better either. But you talk about having patience. That little boy had to wait. Now, I'm going to ask you to be patient because I'm going to take you to the 37th Psalm and I'm going to read the entire chapter. I usually don't read entire chapters of of passages, but I'm going to emphasize one portion of it, but I am going to read the entire chapter. So if you would, Psalm chapter 37, I'm reading of a new living translation, starting with the first verse says, don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong for like the grass, they soon will fade away like spring flowers, they soon will wither. But goes on to say, listen here, trust in the Lord and do good and you will live in safety in a land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit yourself to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make, you, uh, he will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Then I want to emphasize this portion of Scripture here. Listen to this. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently. Say that with me. Wait patiently. Let's say it again. Wait patiently for what? For Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. And then I want you to underline this in your notes. Stop being angry. Now I want to stop there for just a second. And I want you to look at me. How many here have had something not go the way you thought it would go? Or maybe you thought it should go. Anybody here? Or you thought it could go. Anybody here? Now I don't want you to raise your hand on this part. But how many have gotten angry about it? God, I'm living for you. It ain't supposed to be this way. God, I'm living for you. Things aren't, folks, can I tell you something? That you can get angry to your own demise. Right. You can get angry. The Bible says these words very specifically be angry and sin not. Some of us think that, well, oh, bless God, it's just it's just it's just holy anger. It's just righteous anger. Is it really? You see, we really know whether it is or not. I've had people get angry at God. They stop tithing. They get angry at the preacher. I'll show him. I'll stop giving. Oh, yeah, it it can hurt the church, but it hurts you a lot worse. They stop coming to church. Well, bless God. I'll just go to another church. Praise the Lord. It could hurt the church, but it hurts you worse. Why? I'm in church. Because if you have a green thumb, which I do not, my wife does, but if you know anything about transplanting plants, you know you can transplant them very few times before they start withering. You keep transplanting sooner or later, even though they're there, they will die from the roots up. And God calls us trees, planted And he tells us to be planted firmly, immovable. Some of us change churches like some people change socks, more often than many. And that's the sad reality because, yes, it does hurt the body, local, because God plants you in a church to fulfill his purpose. But you and I have to pursue his purpose passion. Can I tell you something? If you've been in this church any length of time, I guarantee I have offended you at least once. Maybe before the day is over, it might be twice. Because God's word has a way of doing that. But look what it says. Stop being angry. Because ultimately it hurts you more than anyone else. Look what it says. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. Do you think the writer in Psalms is trying to make a point? Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. Why? It underlined this it only leads to harm. He said, folks, I'm talking about patience. Do you have some? He said, the wicked are going to be destroyed. But those who trust the Lord are going to possess the land. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they'll be gone. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defense, but the Lord just laughs. For he sees there, and if you notice in your, in your scripture, those words are capitalized, day of judgment. It talks about the, the time of God's great tribulation, Jacob's trouble, where the Lord said, I'm going to settle all of the affairs of this earth. The wicked draw their swords and string their bows. To kill the poor and the oppressed. To slaughter those who do right. But their swords will stab their own hearts and their bows, their bows will be broken. Now in your notes once again, I want you to look at this. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and be rich. Are you still with me? How's your patience doing? For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord will take care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent. Those who are right standing with God is what he's speaking of. And they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in the hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. Now, let me emphasize that. Take your eyes off the notes. Look for me for a moment. What is more than enough? Can I tell you? It might be different for you than somebody else. Not, never in God's Word does it say that God is going to satisfy all your needs. In Philippians, that verse that we love, well, the Lord supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. First when you and foremost, when you look at it, the word is singular, not plural. Just like when the children of Israel were walking across the, the desert, The wilderness going into the promised land, God met their need day by day. Matter of fact, God said if you try to hoard it up, it'll spoil. And there's some of us that are spoiling our lives because we're trying to make sure that we got plenty. Even making God pay for it. I love Heather when she she received uh, the offering this morning. She said, "My husband and I don't really own our house. we just kind of are borrowing it from from God. We're renting it from God. We're on this eternal lease plan. Amen. Can I tell you something? your your pay may not be, be the best, but I can guarantee if you love Jesus, your retirement plans out of this world." That's right. yeah. Amen. You liked that, didn't you, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> but look what the scripture says. he said... You will have enough, but the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers. They'll disappear with the smoke. The wicked borrow, but they never repay. But the godly, they're generous. Those the Lord blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they'll never fall, for the Lord will uphold them in his hand. He said, once I was young, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the godly abandon or their children begging for bread. I'll stop there, but I encourage you to read through the rest of the chapter in psalm 37 great great chapter in your notes i just want to talk about a few things just kind of just kind of man to man man to woman can i tell you something about problems have you had them problems will try your patience and do you know that god will allow you to have problems sometimes just to develop that patience? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a situation where you couldn't decide between patience and murder? (laughs) If you know me very well, you know I am a very patient person. I have had people many, many times over the years say, Pastor, I don't know how you deal with this. I don't know how you do it. That murder and patience question I've had a few times. I can work through and deal with just about anything in a very patient fashion. But every once in a while, even my patience wears them. And I look up to heaven and I will say, God, I really need some patience. And I need it now. Can anybody relate to that? David, probably unlike anyone in the Bible outside of Moses, understood the need for patience from his personal problems to the people in the kingdom. He needed more patience than you and I possibly will ever need. So let me take you back to our text for a second in in Psalm 37, verses 7 through 9. And I want you to, to journey with me just in these next few lines for just a moment. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. That word still, let me tell you literally, it says, shut your mouth, stop complaining. <clears throat> that's the Flagstaff version. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the Tyler, Texas version. Y'all be quiet now, yeah? How'd I do their... uh <clears throat> do okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll have you come up and do it next time. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Folks, it's tough to go through a situation and not murmur and not complain and not be irritated Can somebody say amen? Amen. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and what's it tell us to do? Wait patiently for Him to act. Don't get all caught up. Don't worry, it says about evil people. Sure, they're prospering. But the reality, their schemes will fail. And then I want to start here a second again and look at those three words. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose temper because it only leads to your harm. The wicked are going to be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord. I have people ask me, Pastor, why don't I just have peace? You know what Isaiah 26 says? He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on Him because you trust Him. Not the circumstance, not the situation. When I have issues that I'm not dealing with and I don't have much peace, one of the first things I do is look in the mirror and say, okay, God, what am I not doing? What have I done? What haven't I done? You see, the last thing that I do is I, I don't, look out and say, what have they done? What did they, you know, and start the the whole grumbling, murmuring. Be still, the scripture says, in his presence. See, when we look at the passage and how David so patiently dealt with and outlined how to deal with human situation, it's there, I think, that we come up with a good biblical definition Of patience. True story that happened many, many years ago. This woman was in a first grade class and she had 32 first grade children. (coughs) It was time for recess. But just as soon as the recess hit, the crack of thunder hit. And the place started pouring down. Back where I come from, we called it a gully washer different part of the state, they called it a frog strangler. You all will get that when you leave. She's sitting there and all of a sudden she's got a whole room full of kids. They can't go out of recess and it continued all day long. Well, time for the teacher to end the day. The last bell had rung and, and all of a sudden sweat was pouring down her trying to take care of a classroom of 32 first graders. She helped every single one of them put their galoshes on and she one by one Each little girl. Well, the last little girl shows up, and she's putting her galoshes on, and the teacher noticed that these are almost uncomfortably snug. But she struggled, and she strained, and she pulled, and she tugged, and she grunted, and groaned, and finally got the galoshes on the little girl's feet. And just as soon as she's finished snapping into place, the little girl says, Do you know what, teacher? Those are not my galoshes. The teacher couldn't believe it. Patiently, she starts unsnapping, tugging and pulling and grunting and moaning and groaning and glistening with sweat pouring down her face. She finally yanks the galoshes off the little girl's feet. And just at the moment that she snapped off the last galosh, is galosh short for galoshes? There you go. Little girl piped up and said, they're my sisters and she lets me wear them sometimes. Patience. David understood patience. And let me give you kind of a biblical definition. Patience is the willingness to respond to irritating circumstances with love, grace, kindness. And as you wait on the Lord, knowing that he will guide and direct you how to handle the situation. When we're done today, you will understand patience in a whole new realm. And by God's grace, you will operate your life more in patience. James 1, 2 and 4 says, brethren, count it all joy. And I want you to underline this phrase, when you fall. Look at it. It doesn't say when you run. It doesn't say when you plan. It says, when you fall into various trials. There's not a single one in this room that has ever said, I'm going to go out and have problems today. Bless God, it's going to be one of those days and I just want to have a bunch of problems. Anybody here, am I mistaken? Now, I, I don't believe that the Bible doesn't tell me that I fall into sin. I fall into different things. But it says that when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I've had people over the years say, Pastor, you know, I'm not one of those guys that pray for patience because I know what happens. Can I tell you, it makes no difference if you pray for it or not. The book of Romans says you have need of patience. But look what the scripture ends here. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete. That would be mature without issue. Problems will try your patience. Now let me get a little more personal. People will try your patience. Look at somebody and says, oh, he's going to talk to us now. But, but patience, patience is the key to maturity and overcoming. Let's go back to James. James chapter 5, verses 7 to 12. Dear brothers and sisters, there's that word, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. You notice how patience and not being in a hurry are generally put together? Say, Pastor, why is it such an issue? Because everything we do is fast. How many have these little things that we put in our pockets called cell phones? If that thing ain't fast enough, you're you're about ready to throw it out the window. If your computer doesn't boot up fast enough, how many remember the day when it took five seconds for the computer to boot up? Man, nowadays it takes four, and you're fit to be tied. Especially if you're playing games. And all of a sudden you're playing along and here comes that. That little whirl. What's it called? Refreshing or buffering or all that kind of stuff. He said, be patient as you wait. And then he makes emphasis here of the Lord's return. And he said, consider the farmer. He patiently waits for the early and the latter rains. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. See, there's some things that don't just happen overnight. Oak trees take years to grow, a mushroom blooms overnight. They eagerly wait for the valuable harvest. And then it says, You too must be patient. If you haven't watched a movie, I would recommend the movie. It's called Faith Like Potatoes. It is an incredible movie about a farmer uh, living in a in a in a, a desolate drought, and God speaks to him in the drought to plant potatoes. Well, folks, potatoes need more water than just about anything to grow. What do you think God was trying to? Help that boy learn some faith, some patience. And I'm not going to give away the the movie, though I'm one of those kind of people that like to know the end before I see the beginning. I guess that's because even when I got saved, I figured, let me see how this thing ends before I want to get involved. So I read the last chapter. (laughs) Folks, it says we do pretty good, so get into the rest of it. It's, 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 It's all right. James continues here. He said, you must too be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is is near. And then here's these words again. Don't grumble. Now, folks, I want to drive that point home. To our demise, we get angry. We get temperamental. We get upset about things you can't do anything about. On our radio program every morning on on CAF radio and on radio uh, Arizona Shine, we have a radio program where I I started a series last week. And and hopefully some of you are able to to listen to it. It's a 640 on one station, 645 on the other station. And uh, I started a series on the peace of God. And one of the things I'm dealing with in there is patience. Because you will never have peace if you don't develop patience. Can I say that again? You will never have peace if you don't develop patience. Why? You'll walk through life bitter, grumbling, upset. Look what it says here. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters. And then look at these words. Or you will be judged. You think God's pretty serious about this patience thing? Now, let me me explain here. What a lack of patience does, or grumbling, all it does, all anger and hatred causes bitterness and resentment. And pretty soon the Bible says, don't let a root of bitterness roll up in you and strangle you. He said, look to the prophets, the scripture goes on, who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those because they endured great suffering. For instance, do you know about Job? Job a man of great patience. You can see how the Lord was kind to him in the end, full of tenderness and mercy. But folks, how many know that we can look at chapter 44? Job was living it. He couldn't see that, yeah, he's going to lose everything, but in the end, he's going to have twice the blessing. Nope, all he knew is he was in the middle of it, sitting in sackcloth and ashes and eating up with boils. The guy was in bad shape. Could you imagine if all he could do was murmur and complain? God, why is it happening to them? God, why is this happening to me? But you know what the Bible says? Job never sinned with his lips. Am I getting the point across today? Patience is not an option. There's some of us in this room. You're going through devastating things. What do we do? Get mad at God and quit? Throw in the towel and say I'm done? I, I you know, I went through some pretty horrific things years and years ago, and and I, I had people come up to me while I was going to said, "You are going to give up the ministry? No. You going to quit? said, folks, you can quit a job. You can't quit a call. You're going to get mad at God. You know, that's what Job's wife, just curse God and die. But the Bible says Job never sinned with his lips. See, when I was talking about the patience of Job, Job knew how to handle his anger. He knew how to handle his frustration. He knew how to handle his anxiety. He knew how to handle his temper. Why? Because he said it all in one phrase. Naked I came in, naked I go out. Praise the Lord. You see, when you have that mindset, what the world can happen to you? Think about Paul. I've shared this before, but think about Paul. Paul was there and he's in Rome or he's in Ephesus or he's in, you know, know, one of the cities. and, And all of a sudden they come up to him, Ken, and they say, Ken. If we can't get Paul to shut up, let, let's just, let's throw some stones at him. Let's stone him. What do you think? And Paul's sitting over there saying, "Well, I've had that happen a couple times. Yeah, okay." Paul, if you don't shut up, Tina, let's take a bunch of sticks. Let's go beat him. Let, yeah, beat him with a rod. And Paul sitting over there said, "Yeah, three times I've done that. Okay." And I said, "Paul, stop preaching. If you don't stop preaching, we're going to kill you." Paul said, honestly, to, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Do you mind? I mean, it'd be nice if you just take care of this thing. What do you do with a guy that will not let anything bother him? What do you do with him? It's him in prison. He still won't shut up. He's praising God at midnight. And God breaks the stocks and opens the prison gate. And what happens? Ah, oh, nothing big. Everybody gets saved. What happens to the person when the world sees you going, can I use it? Through hell and you're still happy? Rejoice in the trying times. Patience. As I shared at the beginning, it's one of those things that most lack terribly but need desperately. The patience of Job. It's on the screen. I want to make a statement. Problems are the only way to develop or measure patience. I read a story one time about a a young boy that went to a Baptist church. And he was there and he was listening to the preacher preach. and, And the preacher was baptizing people. And he heard the preacher say, well, if you want to be a part of the body of Christ, if you want to be a part of the family of God, you need to get baptized. Well, the young boy thought about it. And he decided... Well, I got family members that I know haven't been baptized. So he had a great idea. I'm gonna baptize the family cats. So immediately he goes out and he finds the kitten. He prays, dunks the kitten in water. Not too much struggle. Be blessed. Live for God. Anyone looking for mama? He found mama cat. Mama wasn't as as happy as the little kitten was. Mama wasn't too keen about water. Mama wasn't too keen about getting baptized. So he picks up Mama, and Mama is is, is scratching and spitting and sputtering and clawing and, and tearing every way imaginable. He's just trying to, in the name of Jesus, and Mama gets and takes off. Well, Finally, he, after some considerable effort, he catches her again. And he brings her back to the baptismal ceremony in the bathtub. And the cat acted worse this time than last time, clawing and hissing and finally scratching his face. Finally, the young boy got irritated, sprinkled the cat with some water, dropped it on the floor in disgust and said, Fine, be a Presbyterian if you want to. Is that the look of patience or what? But let me make a statement, folks. Patience is the very character of a Christian. A great struggle that we face today as Christians is remaining patient, even in the midst of the disparaging societal and cultural norms. Withstanding provocation, ladies and gentlemen, patience maintains self-control despite the circumstances. One of the ways that you know how you have matured in Christ is not how you handle the good, but how you handle the bad. Proverbs 14 says it this way, a patient man has great understanding. But a quick-tempered man displays folly, foolishness. The Bible says to be slow to anger, quick in patience. It is wise, ladies and gentlemen, to control our temper. You say, Pastor, I just can't do it. Exactly right. Christ in you can. I read a story one time about this guy who, these guys came walking into a truck stop late at night one night and there was a trucker sitting in here and these these three guys are bike riders. They were Harley riders and, and I could have used Yamaha or any other bike so don't get offended if you're a Harley rider. I am, so I figured it'd be safe to use that. These three big tough bikers walk in and and this trucker just sat down and had dinner. I mean, he's on the road all night and and he's going to have some food and then he's going to take back off and all of a sudden these three tough bikers walk in and one of them reaches down and grabs his burger as he walks by. The other one reaches down and grabs a handful of fries. The other guy reaches down, takes his coffee, drinks it as he walks on. Well, the trucker didn't do much of anything. He just sat there and calmly got up from his table, picked up the check, walked up to the front of the restaurant, put his money down at the cash register, and headed out the door. Well, the waitress watched the big truck drive off into the night, and when she returned to the bikers, one of the bikers spouted up, "Ah, wasn't much of a man, was he? To which the lady replied, well, he, I don't know, but he wasn't much of a truck driver. He just ran over three motorcycles on the way out of the parking lot. That's not quite the patience I'm talking about. Okay? Patience keeps us in a place of controlled faculties. You see, patience is really counter to the human nature. Patience for Christians. You know what it means? Enduring attacks from non-Christians. Holding your tongue, holding back the anger. Patience means, God, I'm learning to deal with this illness, this pain, this difficult situation. But no matter the outcome, I know Jesus is still Lord. Let me give you another definition of patience. This seems to be entirely biblical. Patience is a calm Endurance and assurance, based on the certainty that I know God is in control, you see patient people have the ability to accept, face, and walk through everything if needed for a long period of time. The last thing that I want to touch on quickly and and I know patience isn't one of those. Messages that everybody shouts and hollers. But the reality, folks, patience is the need. And it is the picture of a changed heart. And it's only a changed heart that will build your patience and mind. You see, we will generally find a patient person is different. They're different from just about anybody. I found a few patient people that were not Christians, but not many. I find most in the body of Christ. Why? Because I believe at the beginning of the world, when God breathes life into man, he breathed his nature into man. This is why we know when we're doing good or when we're doing bad. But when man made the choice to fall, it was a choice that man made. That nature became corrupt. But the moment you get born again, you have a new nature. The Bible says everything becomes new. What's the first thing that becomes new? We get a new heart. In Christ, it changes in a moment. Man's sin nature, though, takes a while to conquer. This is why patience isn't there overnight. You might have been saved a long time. But until you make a decision that no matter what happens, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to be angry. But I'm going to look at this and say, okay, God, what am I going to learn through this? Folks, the Bible says God does not put evil on people, but God uses evil to build people. He didn't put it on you. But folks, we live in an evil world. We live in a sin-filled world. Can somebody say amen? amen. James chapter 1, 3 and 4 says faith produces patience. Faith produces patience. You've got to have it. Patience has to work to mature us, to complete us. Part of patience means endurance literally like the farmer. He has to wait for the early rains. He has to wait for the latter rains. He has to wait patiently for the crop to grow. If he does it too soon, it's going to be immature. If he does it too late, it's going to be spoiled. You say, Pastor, how do I know I'm patient enough? God knows. And you will know. Another part of developing patience is understanding that not all will ever be as it seems. As the worship team comes, I want to share a true story that happened. Years ago, there was a car full of people. They were tired. They were weary. They were trying to get to their destinations. Most of them had spent the day traveling through the hot, dusty plains. And it was the last evening they had come and they'd all try to settle down for a good night's sleep. However, at the end of one car was a man holding a tiny baby. And as night came, the baby became restless and started screaming at the top of its lungs. Unable to take it any longer, a big brawny man spoke up for all the rest of the group. Why don't you take that baby to its mother? That's when there was a moment of awkward silence. When the man replied, I'm sorry, sir. I'm doing my best. You see the baby's mother, she's in the car behind us in a casket. She just died a few days ago. But all of a sudden the entire car had a different perspective. Look look at me, please people. Look at me, please. Everything is not as it seems. Those people may be irritating the heck out of you. Why? You don't know. I don't know. Are you going to go ask him? Or are you just going to get mad? Get angry. See, the anger, folks, is to our demise. The resentment. Well, the big, burly guy, after a long moment of silence, came towards the man with the motherless child, and he said, I'm so sorry for my impatience. I am so sorry for my insensitivity. Ladies and gentlemen, you know why Christians need patience so much? Because to most of the world, church, we're the only hope they're going to ever see. And if they can't see that in us, if they can't see it, where are they going to see it? if you can't handle it. He said, Pastor, I'm not perfect. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about maturity. Everything's not as it seems. The rest of the story, you know what happened? That big burly guy took the little baby and watched it the whole night and told the weary father, go get some rest. You see, patience. Oh, yes, yeah, a virtue. We love to say patience is a virtue. But how come most Christians don't have it? It's not because God hasn't given it. I'll make a hard statement. It's because we haven't chosen to walk in it. Well, bless God, I can do whatever. Yeah, you can. The Bible says all things are expedient, but not everything is necessary. There's some right here in this church going through stuff. And they may come. They might just come and they might not be as as happy and go lucky as they usually are. Instead of getting irritated, well, they shouldn't have treated me like that. Or maybe it's on your job. Maybe your boss comes in and, and instead of having a smile on his face, he's got a growl below his voice. Maybe somewhere, something. Ladies and gentlemen... Patience helps us to realize that jobs, marriages, nor relationships will ever be easy. But patience will make life a whole lot easier. There's going to be illness. There's going to be grief. But God says you and I endure those things as a good soldier As a determined athlete, as a patient farmer, though not easy, you know what patience causes? Peace. Though not quick, you know what patience does? It eases pain. Though without cost, not without cost. Patience enables us to remember there's still a promise. And that promise is I can do all things through Christ because he gives me the strength. Mm. There was a song written many years ago, and we've sang it in this church many times. as we were practicing on Thursday night Heather and I started talking she said pastors are a different song that you want to do and immediately this old song came into my mind came into all of our minds the true story about a very wealthy man who went through horrific things there was a great fire that destroyed most of his business there was a, another person that, that came against him. Well, in all of it, he thought he would take his wife and children on a vacation. Well, they didn't have the airplanes back then, so they, put, they were put on a ship and headed off to Europe. Well, on the way, a great storm happened. And the ship went down. Only the wife survived. All the three children died. The wife got to Europe, got to the destination, and wired back to the husband of the great tragedy. Well, they were Christians, not understanding, but he wrote back to her and comforted her. And, and all of a sudden, there was another ship, and he knew he needed to go to be with his wife. As he crossed the Atlantic on his way to Europe, the captain, knowing the very wealthy man and knowing the tragedy, pulled his ship to a complete stop where his children died. The man went to the bow of the boat, looked over the great seas, lifted his head to heaven, And then walked down into the galley. He had a conversation with God. And that conversation, (coughs) very well, was, Father, I don't understand everything. (coughs) But I patiently accept that you knew this was happening. And you chose not to stop it. I don't know my future. I don't know where it's at. But I do know you. And I'll stand. And then he sat down and penned these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows
1: like sea billows roll.
0: With tears running down his face, he said, Father, whatever. A music plays. Where's your life? You got insurmountable odds that you're standing against. You're you're mad. You're irritated. God, what is the deal here? It's not supposed to be this way. Folks, you get no argument from me. Been there, done that. But the argument you will get from me is when you give into anger, bitterness, hatred, resentment? Blame God or others because of this perplexity called life? Could you imagine this guy? This song would have never come to fruition if he would have gotten bitter and angry. But he said, God, I don't know the big picture, but I know you paid the canvas. Where are you at in your life? I can tell you right now that you probably have need of patience. The peace you're looking for will only come as you patiently sit down and say, God, I know you hold the end just like you held the beginning. And I'm stuck here in the middle. I got to trust you to hold me. I want to take a moment and open these altars as we sing some more. Don't know where you've been. Don't know where you're at. But I do know if you'll trust, God will give you the patience to get you where you're going. Will you let him? These altars are open. I just ask you, will you say these words with me? It is well. in front of me, when one day the clouds will forever be rolled back, just like God will roll back and scroll, and this will be the sound of my victory, everyone, the
1: Trump Trump shout Together, the trump shall stand be to our feet across this room, and the Lord shall. Defend.
0: well was- today we need peace but God help us understand the peace will never come without patience we have to be okay with where we are never forgetting where we've been but standing in the promise, the hope the certainty and confidence that you will get us where we're going God for that we thank you in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said,
1: Amen. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit blccaz.org. That's blccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victoria's Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 630. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ram. I'm Joe Hart. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, we are invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win Podcast.